0: Hey, this is Heath Paget, and welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, Episode
1: 73.
0: The RV Entrepreneur is a weekly podcast where I interview nomadic entrepreneurs who run a business while traveling full-time in an RV. I'm recording today's episode from the Jellystone Park in Bath, New York. Alyssa and I are up in the Finger Lakes right now, and it is 60 degrees outside. Last night it was down in the 50s, and we are sitting outside by the campfire next to the lake, and it was amazing. We both had on hoodies, and the past month or so, we've been in you know 90-plus degree temps as we've been driving up the coast. It hasn't been too hot compared to our Texas standards, but this is the reason why we still love this lifestyle. The fact that it's the middle of June, and we are in cool temps where it requires a hoodie, it makes me incredibly happy. Today on the podcast, I'm interviewing the co-founder of Outdoorsy, Ryan Quinn. Outdoorzy is a peer-to-peer RV-sharing marketplace where Alyssa and I have rented out our RV over the past year. Since launching Outdoorsy, Ryan has been traveling around in his van and recently upgraded to a larger Class A. Outdoorsy has been one of the fastest-growing startups in the RV space. And a few things that we talk about on today's episode is how to decide which business ideas are worth pursuing, how to make money renting out your RV, finding product market fit, and how to use customers' data to make improvements to your product. Ryan answers one of the questions today that I feel we all struggle with and I currently have been struggling with a little bit with campground booking, which is how do you know if your idea is a good business idea, whether it's worth pursuing, or how do you know if it's something that you should just fold in and give up? Sometimes it's a matter of I haven't executed enough and sometimes it's a matter of it's just a really crappy idea. And so how do you decide where that its inflection point is it's such a great area and it's something that we dig into. And Ryan gives some really practical advice on how to remedy and how to go about that. Before we jump into today's episode, I wanna to thank today's sponsors, WeBoost and Copilot RV apps. I wanna to thank today's sponsor, WeBoost and the new 4GX RV cell phone booster. This cell phone booster is something I wish we would have picked up the day we bought our RV because I can't tell you how many times over the past three years we were in truly beautiful places outside of national or state parks, but we had to leave early because there was only one to two bars of Verizon and we couldn't get any work done or it wasn't fast enough to record a podcast over Skype, which is kind of a big deal. The 4GX RV cell booster can take that signal, multiply it up to 32X, and then rebroadcast it throughout the entire RV to give us a significant boost in internet speed. This means more time in beautiful places and faster internet wherever we go. WeBoost's new cell phone booster is made specifically for RVs, and if you want to receive a 10% discount, you can reach out and email me directly, heath at campgroundbooking.com, and I'll hook you up with that discount code. Go to weboost.com to learn more about their cell phone boosters. I also want to thank Copilot RV, a navigation app that provides route planning and voice guidance designed specifically for people like us who live in RVs. With the Copilot RV app, you can just type in the dimensions and weight of your RV before taking off, and the Copilot RV app will automatically calculate the best route for you to avoid narrow and height-restricted roads. This is the best way to avoid sketchy situations like we've been in before with our RV, where we're driving into New York City and people are frantically waving their arms at us because we're about to go under a tunnel that has a 7-foot clearance. Luckily, a nice northeasterner guided us back to a safer route. The Copilot RV app will not only customize your route to avoid these types of sketchy situations and low bridges, but also comes with a fully offline navigation function. This way, you don't have to use your data while also using your maps, and it also works in all kinds of remote locations. To learn more, go to copilotgps.com. All right, that's all for the sponsors. Let's get into today's episode with Ryan Quinn. What's up, Ryan? Not too much. You guys, you guys are growing really fast, though. I know I didn't just make that up. You're actually—I know you're busy. You're too busy to talk to me most of the time, so I have to just coerce you into jumping on a podcast with me.
1: <laughs> yeah, things have been awesome. Uh, we we recently got into to high season uh, for for 2017, and it's just blowing away 2016. Um, and it's it's just been great, super busy, uh, really awesome users. Just just keeping active on
0: it. Sometimes with an industry that is just obviously growing. Leaps and bounds, and also like in into high season. Do you almost feel like you're just riding a wave a little bit? Like you guys, obviously, you have to execute and, and do all the hard work and stuff like that. But to a certain point, if you were do if you had the same level of execution in an industry that was spiraling downward, you would be fighting for your life. Like you, a little bit. You guys just have a ton of natural momentum from the industry just growing like crazy, right?
1: Right, definitely. And that's that's been one of the most amazing things is that a lot of the other travel uh, sectors are, are kind of struggling a little bit. And we've just been seeing awesome growth and, and, and also really uh, a user base that, that wants these changes to happen. They, they want uh, better tools to get out there and explore. They want uh, kind of more creative ways to, to get out and, and see the world. So it's been, it's been super awesome and, and definitely it's, it's played a large role in, in how, how well we're doing. Did
0: it, I did tell you about Alyssa's and my Cruise America RV rental experience, right? Or did you see our, our vlog yes. about it?
1: Uh, I did not see a blog about it. I wish I had now, but I was relaying your your, your stories to, to the rest of the group. And uh, I, I won't be, be too disparaging on that just in case there's a future endorsement in your future. But uh, <laughs> I was pretty happy about it. I was, I was pretty glad. You're pretty glad <laughs> that we had half of a day
0: wasted while we were waiting on that RV rental, right?
1: For, I'm, I'm just, bummed about your experience, but 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 I'm glad that uh, that that there's a lot of room for us to make up. Yeah, totally. <laughs>
0: just for context, if you're listening to this, Alyssa and I we went to the Keys a month ago or so, and uh, as part of a media trip, and we flew down. And so they rented us a, a cruise America RV. That's why we were renting an RV. Just so you're like, why would you be renting an RV if you have? One? Anyway, so going back to you, what does uh, pre-outdoorsy look like for Ryan? Like, what were you doing before starting? And maybe you can give a little bit of context. Like, what is exactly your role within outdoorsy?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, So I do a lot of the front end development for Outdoorsy and I also uh, in the early days played a a pretty big role in product design and and kind of working directly with users and and, uh, trying to make sure all that stuff ran smoothly. Uh, We since have have brought on people who are way smarter than I am at those things. Um, So that's been awesome. But Ryan pre-Outdoorsy is basically trying to make Outdoorsy happen over and over and over again. Um, I, I was on I was, I was part of several startups before Outdoor Z, and I was kind of taking jobs as well to, to 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 help keep that possible and just just constantly striking at it before I could find something that that worked. So did any of those startups get traction at
0: all? or were they ones that you started or co-founded? or what was your involvement?
1: Uh, yeah, mostly co-founded and kind of ran on my own for for the most part. At, at the start, at least, they, they did moderately well. I, I had some, some mobile applications that sold pretty well and helped me get through through college. And then a lot of non-starters uh, after that. The last company is actually where I met my co-founder, Tyler, and my other co-founder, Jeff, towards the end of that startup. And that's kind of the one that, that transitioned into Outdoorsy. When that one closed down, uh, we all kind of got to talking about about what we wanted to do. We enjoyed working together. Um, Jeff Jeff brought a lot of, of success and And his past to the game and and Tyler and I just just love working with each other. Um so it, it kind of made sense to try something out, and that's that's kind of how Outdoorsy got going. So with the uh, the startup before Outdoorsy, it was
0: a you guys <laughs> were building a company to help launch marketplaces, right?
1: Yeah. so the the first idea for Outdoorsy was actually not not uh, RV rentals specifically. Uh, we, we kind of had this idea that marketplaces were going to be popular. There's going to be a lot of people exploring uh, different marketplaces, be it you know garage sales or, or RVs or, which or is comps, totally true. whatever it happens yeah. to be. Yeah, definitely. You, you, you see them all over the place. So we wanted to build tools that helped those companies get started quicker. We were going to build basically a marketplace in a box, and we were going to kind of sell it to companies to try out these ideas. Uh, Outdoorsy was our first kind of internal test customer that we wanted to try out uh, this product with ourselves as our own customer to start. Um, but then the actual marketplace itself started to do, you know, pretty well. Uh, we ended up having to do a lot of feature development and kind of work on the product just, just, just for that one uh, marketplace. And it kind of took over and killed off the other thing and kind of ran with, with Outdoorsy on its own. And how long were you guys working on that marketplace business? Uh, Because it was kind of uh, basically the same product for a while. Um, Outdoorsy was the only product using it. I'd, I'd kind of say that they started around the same time. And that was about three years ago now. Wow, three years ago. And how long of a time period was it from just
0: this idea of getting started with this marketplace type business to launching the first version of Outdoorsy? I'm just, I'm just, the reason I'm asking to give you context, I'm just interested in, like, you were saying that you were developing all these, these mobile applications in college and all of these non, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, non starters. And so I'm just interested in your experience because you and I have, we Twitter message quite a bit. That's like, you're weirdly the only person that I have that Twitter messaging (laughs) I guess that you do that with a lot of other people probably make me feel special anyway never mind
1: actually just you it is weird shut up I don't believe you
0: Uh, but uh, (laughs) anyway it's weird but because I don't message anybody else on Twitter message or or get on there that much anyway but I'm just interested because I've bounced ideas back and forth off you for campground booking as we've been trying to get this thing going and you've been living and breathing a lot of this and it's like you don't know what you don't know and so I feel like I've learned a lot from you and I know you kind of glossed over that time period but i know there's also a lot that you that you learned in that process
1: yeah definitely and it's and it is i mean it's a good point because uh a lot of what i kind of brought to outdoorsy and what kind of helped us to get this stuff figured out was that process of constantly trying out these different things and seeing what worked in different companies and seeing what didn't work and then and then continually pushing forward to the next one Um, i think I think for me, that's kind of been the the name of the game. Is that I'm really risk averse. I'm not the kind of person that's going to to take leaps, and I'm not the kind of person that's going to charge into something without it being pretty pretty well known that it's going to do well for me. Um, but I'm also uh, a guy who 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 starts a lot of side projects and companies of his own, and and also lives in an RV. So trying to mix those two feelings, the super risk averse version of me with, with the version of me that enjoys kind of doing all this stuff that that some might call really risky. Um, how I solve that problem is really what kind of leads into these companies and, and kind of helps us to figure out what works and doesn't work. How do you decide what is worth
0: working on and like what gets traction like at what point after you guys i'm interested to hear like of all of the marketplaces that you could have started why go for this Mm -hmm. one like where that came about but also in all these different projects at what point did you decide this is something that's worth working on or you know this probably doesn't have much of a future like what points have there been inflection points like to go one way or the other
1: for you uh, users, always users. Um, so when we first started kind of talking about the, the marketplace idea, uh, Jeff had been kind of playing around in the space a little bit prior to that. And so he kind of brought that idea forward of, of this kind of being the, the test company for this. And uh, as we started building it out, it was just the interactions with the users, seeing how hard it was to get an RV, to go on a vacation with, with, with some of the existing companies, seeing um, a lot of existing RV rental companies that are kind of struggling because nobody's really catering to them nobody's taking care of them software wise and so there just seemed to be a lot of gaps that were in this industry i mean it's basically it's it's exploding in growth and in a lot of ways it actually hurts this space because it's it it validates some some older some some old school thinking that really needs to to not be there anymore um but that creates a lot of opportunity for people who are willing to go in and, and say no you're doing well in spite of yourself and we're going to prove it uh so so we kind of hit on that, saw those opportunities, uh, kept pushing in the in, in those directions and then getting constant validation from our users, kind of pulling us forward. And that's that's kind of the the key. The the point at which I, I quote unquote leap is when you know, you have a user that literally sticks their fingers in your nostril and just pulls you forward because you can't you can't keep up with everything that they want. You can't keep up with with their their usage of your platform, they're going around you to solve problems, and so all you have to do is is be interacting with them when that happens, uh, and remove as many barriers as you can, and and that's kind of once outdoorsy kind of started to get that that feeling where it was impossible to keep up with the, all these use cases that we were seeing, and and everything was was kind of going in spite of ourselves in a lot of ways. That's when you know that it's that's that's a thing to kind of latch onto and and ride as far as you can. Um, It's just hard to get to that point. And was this on the consumer side or on the business side? So a little bit of both, actually. Um, One of the first directions that Outdoorsy took us, uh, customer-wise, was uh, we had a lot of users in the, the professional space. They were already doing this for a living. They were already... Running little small and and large rental companies. Uh, and their tools were just awful. They just they 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 didn't want to interact with our marketplace because uh, the tools that they were using didn't allow them to manage reservation calendars very well. So it was overwhelming for them to get leads from us. and it was just we kept hearing these complaints. And so the first kind of moment like that that we had uh, was the professional users saying, these these tools aren't aren't sustainable. Um, our businesses are kind of stagnant because of this this problem, and and there was tons of of, of software opportunity there. So we we quickly uh, kind of started playing around with, with with some ideas with with a couple pro users. Um, in a matter of a month, we released uh, several versions of an app that we thought might work for them, and uh, uh, that ended up kind of getting getting caught on in that space and and kind of pulled it forward. Um, since then, we've had a similar experience on the outdoorsy side, where, where, you know, we're we're seeing people who are really, most amazingly, people who aren't just interested in in running their own uh, peer-to-peer renting their RV uh, uh, and just kind of supplementing the RV. Those people are are there and they're awesome and, and they're they're great. Um, but we also have a group of people who are really they want more than that. They want to bridge that connection between. Uh, being a, a, a strictly outdoorsy user renting their own RV. And they want us to help bridge them over into becoming these, these professional users that manage, you know, 10, 20, 30 RVs of their own. Um, and so it's, it's a matter of creating those tools that help them at that starting level, but then also help them transition this into a full fledged business uh, that is awesome for them. And also awesome for us, because that's, that's more inventory on the platform. That's that's an, an awesome user who's, who's really going to take care of our renters and, and we just have to provide those tools and get out of their way. Totally, And that's yeah. the amazing part.
0: After after Alyssa and I rented out our rig for the first time on Outdoor Z, I, I may or may not have brought up the idea of, hey, what other types of RVs could we go out and buy <laughs> so that we can, <laughs> seriously though, because I, I was going through the math in my head, and I was thinking that the trailers may be like a, a one to two year old trailer that you can buy that's still in really good shape, that is pretty low cost and still are renting out for around $70 a day. Uh, I want to say I saw some on there. Um, You know, like that's that's pretty darn good, especially during peak season and holidays and things like that. So I mean, you can build a pretty good business. And for us, I mean, you took some you took some random side hustle jobs while you were getting some of these apps started. I rented my RV out on Outdoorsy to give us more freedom as we were getting campground booking going. Like, legitimately, (laughs) like it helped. That was part of my thought process. Like we had, my co-founder was coming down to Texas uh, for our RV Entrepreneur Summit, and um, I was like, "Well, uh, we I can rent out RV for a couple weeks during Christmas and make a few thousand dollars," which we did because they drove it all the way to North Carolina, so we got like two thousand for the rental and like another thousand bucks for the gas. And uh, even though there is the potential downside that somebody could always wreck it and, you know, you don't get it back and you have to go claim it your insurance and get a new one, which I know for anybody listening, it's fully insured. Uh, but, yeah, so there's that there's that fear. But I was thinking the the potential upside there is like the freedom of, you know, the quote unquote elusive passive income. And it's not 100 percent passive, but
1: it, it mm-hmm. bought us
0: some time. Right. That's a long-winded right. answer of me just saying that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's awesome, and it's also, you know, you 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 touched on, on some of those points that you, as an owner, were were concerns for you: the insurance, uh, the 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 driver. Uh, you know, these these people are picking up this RV and they're taking it across the country, and in a lot of ways, that's 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 an immense amount of trust that you put in both that renter and an outdoorsy to take care of you if there's an issue. Um, and that's another. That's one of the points that we hit on really early in outdoorsy cycle where. Users were telling us these concerns, and they were saying these things, and, and as long as you can find the channel to the users, they're going to tell you exactly what they want. And so there's this trust issue, how do we resolve that? So we roll out DMV checks on all renters, so we know the history of the renter. If there's any issues, and they're not allowed to rent on our platform. We provide the, 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 the full insurance uh, so that if there are any issues— um, that's that's taken care of for you, and those are all those are all not easy kind of integrations to do. But in a lot of ways, they're they're table stakes for being successful in this space. And it was the users that told us that. We we kind of we had suspicions about insurance, obviously, but but DMV checks and 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 stuff like that, and and more recently GPS integrations, things like that. Those were all ideas that very much came to us directly from our users, telling us what they want and and just saying, you know, we're here. Keep providing for us, and we're going to keep coming back, and that's that's just an amazing thing. Totally.
0: So, going back a little bit before like pre-users, and uh, it's it's kind of easy for me to ask some of these questions because it's kind of the phase that we're at with campground booking, where you have something that you think could be fairly useful to campground owners, but or I mean, in your case, uh, RV dealerships or people like me who can rent out their RVs, and I'm translating this into my situation because it's. I'm exerting value from there, you know. I'm kind of just leveraging this as a as a coaching call of sorts, you know. If you have something that's almost a finished product and you think could be something good, so where where's that tipping point at where you're actually getting people to use? Because we had a uh, in like in full transparency, we had a customer come on uh, in January and it was we were giving them away our our property management software for free, but it wasn't done yet. And it was, everyone says, you know, if, if you're not embarrassed by your first product, then, you know, that's a bad thing. Well, we were definitely a little bit embarrassed because it didn't work good enough for them. And they ended up not using it. And, uh, because Mm -hmm. the pages were loading a little bit slow. And if you're a campground owner, that stuff needs to be instantaneous. You're looking at the customer in the face. So it's, it's not just a matter of the online reservation. So I'm just, I'm kind of a little bit weary of that point where I want to make sure that we have something really good, but also want people in there getting feedback. So can you talk a little bit about that process and some of the things that you learned as you're trying to get some early customers on there? And I know your software for the RV dealerships is free. Actually, I'm going to give a little bit of context so people can understand what we're talking about. You guys have a software called Wheelbase for RV dealerships that's free. They manage their fleet of rental RVs, and then you'll have Outdoorsy, which is a marketplace where people like me can list their RV for rental, and people, uh, other people, can rent them out. Uh, so just so people have context, so what did you learn during that phase as you guys were trying to initially get uh, some customers to try out your product? Because I imagine this is where a lot of people get stuck; like they don't find product market fit, they spend way too much time in that early day. So how do you eliminate that?
1: Right. Well, and for us, it was uh, kicking up conversations with with two or three companies. Uh, we had some great partners to begin with, and and that that word is the other key. We did not pitch this as a complete solution to the first companies that came on board. Uh, we pitched this as you know we understand this problem in this space, and we we have built this this partial solution. We know that it's not there yet, but if you're willing to kind of work with us on it, then you're going to have a say in how this product evolves. And you kind of have to be careful with that because your first couple customers can really uh, kind of pull pull you in a, in a fully custom solution if you kind of open the door like that. Um, so you have to be prepared to also say no in, in those types of cases. But it was that kind of framing of this is, this is a partnership. This is an understanding that this is not a perfect product. Uh, we're not trying to sell you something because we know that it's not quite sellable yet. Uh, and then the other part of that is working with them to really distill down the the smallest version of what they need to, to jump ship. Um, you know, if everybody has these these grand ideas of the, the, the perfect solution that's going to solve all their, their problems, um, but that's not necessarily what we want to build. If we want to build something that solves a specific problem that they have very well. And limiting it down to as few as as few features as you can, and making that part really solid. And then once that's solid, then you can take all this input, and you can kind of build out these these lightweight kind of kind of solutions that build onto that core. So for for wheelbase, for example, uh, wheelbases is. A really good rental management system so if you need to see your your calendar you need to see how many people are picking up an rv today if you need to to manage uh, how rvs look on your site stuff like that it's going to do that very well and then on top of that we have a lightweight cms where, where users can interact with their customers uh, through the system and they can see information on the customers, view, view driving results, stuff like that. That is a lightweight CMS. We are not pretending to be better than than Salesforce or any of those other awesome CMSs. Uh, we don't want to be. We, we're we really awesome at this, and we provide these other services because our customers said that they make sense. And so we, we provide a lightweight version of that that, that that they can leverage. And that approach is kind of how we started out with Wheelbase and how we were able to, to, to ship a product. Because, you know, do we do parts tracking for for your RV maintenance. No, we don't yet. Uh, We might someday, but you're gonna have to have another solution for that for now. But for now, we're gonna provide the best way to manage your RV rental. And that's a much easier task than trying to solve all their problems at once.
0: Totally, so what is, uh, based off your experience in building all these other products, what's a realistic timeline from that initial idea for this marketplace to Uh, maybe just those maybe maybe it's not perfect but those first initial customers and what are some of the other things that you see people spending way too much time on that doesn't really move the mark for them like you just like maybe other founders or people that you've been around that are just like kind of wasting time in the early days instead of just maybe going to customers or things like that
1: right uh so i think two things for that one is on the the business side it's it's about finding those, those kind of what what I was talking about those small set of features that are really the ones that matter. Um, it's it's the what's the smallest version of this that I can ship that kind of tests an idea. It, this this used to be popular to talk about uh, minimum viable product. Yeah. The, the, the infamous M- MVP. <laughs> um, but I recently there was actually an article and I can't can't recall what it was. And I'm gonna butcher it, so I'm gonna send it to you afterwards. But it's basically that it's not about the minimum viable product, it's about the 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 biggest concern that you have. It's about the 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 least answered question, the the biggest question in in, in your product. So for example, for us with with Outdoorsy, the the biggest question that we had when we started was do people want to rent out their own RVs and do people wanna rent from our, our, our RVs from, from a private owner? So the first version of Outdoorsy was built in two days. It was a static site. It used listings that we found on, on Outdoorsy, or I'm sorry, not on Outdoorsy, on Craigslist, and we basically were just feeding leads elsewhere, uh, from a static site, um, and we used Google Forms to collect data, stuff like that. And that that version of it kind of allows you to test out these really basic ideas, and without a lot of time investment, um, and that's that's more important than the MVP because the MVP. Has this way of kind of blowing up on you into uh, this isn't viable yet because because that's kind of what what you're referring to you you brought on this customer who was interested in campground booking software and they said that this wasn't quite viable yet whereas if you approach it from the least answered question you could say is somebody actually looking enough to try this and the answer you got was yes they they were. So what's the next least-answered question and kind of building out the product mm-hmm. that way? That's kind of new thinking for me, so I'm not quite positive how that fits in with, with Outdoorsy just yet. Um, but I, I thought that was a pretty cool approach to things. Uh, and then the other one for me is that because I'm just I'm a super risk-averse person, to me it's all about sustainability. It's all about how does my life need to be set up so that I can stay in the game as long as I need to be in the game before I get a hit. Because you're not going to get a hit at 1st uh, and, and this is a long-term game. So, you know, we, we broke down our expenses, we paid off our debts. We, we kind of went through a long five, six year period where we were, I was doing side projects and stuff to, to test out my own ideas, but what we were mostly doing is setting up our lives to enable this, to be kind of possible to keep doing this in a way that was sustainable. Uh, cause that's a huge fear of mine. And it's, it's something that I struggle with every day as, as an entrepreneur. And it's, it's something that I, I'm, just it's it's table stakes for me i'm not going to you know risk retirement or kind of do all these other things in order to make this work Uh, so my life has to be set up in a way that i can do do startups without impacting the other things that are also important to me
0: absolutely yeah i was talking to one of my friends kevin Halesh who i've interviewed on this podcast and his app moment has been like it's been really successful for for him millions and millions of downloads and I was I was talking to him probably like a year and a half ago, just saying, hey, you know, I really want to go into this this whole product and and working on the software solution for campgrounds. I think it could be you know something that is beneficial. And I was saying, but there's these other projects that I think are closer to revenue that we could focus on. And uh, you know, I think I, I should probably work on those first because. And he kind of encouraged me to do the same thing. He just said he had seen so many other people start businesses, and he's like, if you don't have the basic finances that are coming in during that time it makes everything so much more difficult like if you can't and so i feel like a lot of me for the past year and a half or two years like that's what i've been trying to do for better or worse like i've talked about you know trying to get our income up to a certain point via you know a certain outlets whether it's uh you know sponsorship revenue on the podcast or, or on the blog or our video clients like trying to put ourselves in a place where i'm not worried about those finances and also have the time and I would say for me, that has been hands down the biggest struggle. Like I don't, like all these other things I, I think are magnified in the product because of not having that time. But again, it's a hard, it's kind of a hard thing to do. Um, probably a little bit easier for you because you had those development skills to go out and say, I'm going to get a full, I'm going to make a full-time income from 15 and 20 hours a week. But most people don't have that luxury.
1: Right. Well, and i also say that, that life has a tendency of uh, leveling up as you do, <laughs> which is the other kind of kind of frustrating thing about stuff sometimes is uh when we first started with with outdoorsy then you know we were we were doing contract work and stuff like that to kind of keep the bills paid while we were doing this uh, making sure that we were capable of kind of filling working on both projects at the same time paying bills and also uh, being able to stick around long enough to see what would work uh, and then and then uh Outdoorsy and, and and wheelbase start to do very well, and suddenly you're like, oh man, I'm gonna be able to not do all these other things anymore. I'm gonna have so much more time. Everything's gonna be great. This thing's gonna be just gonna explode now. And then the workload on the other side skyrockets because there's a reason that it's capable of paying you now enough to, <laughs> to,
0: yeah.
1: to kind of uh, take over those those responsibilities. Um, so the actual workload hasn't changed. I, I I can let you know if it does someday, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> But now it's, it's strictly focused on the thing that I'm super passionate about. So that part's awesome. Um,
0: but Totally. That makes it So talk to me about why you guys decided to move into a van and what was that decision making process? Was it more about the spontaneity of traveling around the country or is it more getting to know your users and living the life? Or, yeah, so what was, what was that all about?
1: So the getting to know your users and living your life is is the really awesome excuse that you can use with your co-founders to <laughs> do your something that you really like just want to do. Yeah, and your investors yeah. like I'm ex- I'm actually living this. I get it. No, yeah, but it's, I, it, yeah, it, it's,
0: I'm there day to day. But but it's so yeah. true even though we're making fun of it. It is true. But go ahead. Yep.
1: Yeah. no, no, definitely is. Um, <laughs> but but I actually had a you know, I'm, I'm long-term, long-term fans of, of Technomadia, uh, back in the original Oliver trailer, and I, I wasn't around for the one before that, but I've been around for a long time with them, and I've this has always kind of been a goal of mine. Uh, it was definitely not a goal of my wife's, um, so I was just kind of... I've just been slowly, slowly manipulating situations to kind of <laughs> line up this way for me. Did you start a tech um, company in the RV space just so you could get a
0: van? Because if so, that's slightly brilliant.
1: Yeah, well, and it started with other things. You know, it started with us flying places and staying in a in an Airbnb for a couple of weeks and then and then a month and kind of you know, once we had kind of aligned our, our workload so that we, we could not be dependent on a location, uh, we kind of started testing out these things and and uh, Melissa my wife kind of kind of figured out that she she loved these things as much as I did as we went. Um so it's about, you know, we're, we're staying in an Airbnb for a month at a time, but now we have all this time between Airbnbs. It would be really great if we, uh, <laughs> you know, if we had something that we could just be in for that time, you know? And uh, so, yeah, we we, we we bought the van. The van was, it's a 19-foot, it's a 91 uh, Coachman van conversion. Uh, I'm quoted in, in the San Francisco Chronicle as saying that it is all sorts of tacky tan on the outside and gross pink on the inside. It's it's my only newspaper quote that i know of um and we just we just love it to death um but you know it's great for 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 flexibility you can you can stay in uh you can stay in cities you can stay in in countryside you can stay wherever you want basically because it fits in a parking spot um but it's not it's not ideal for uh for 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 marital reasons um (laughs) we're super close Proximity all the time, and uh, there's no there's no dedicated showers. There's a lot of uh, a lot of baby wipes and stuff like that that goes on in that lifestyle. The uh, van life gets gets all of my love because I think it's an amazing thing. But the full time van life, I think I think they're lying to you about the full time van life a little bit. Yeah, it's the it's the
0: elusive pictures of you know the half naked couple with the back door uh-huh. open and uh, you know seeing the beach. But uh, but then, like, where's the rest of the 24 hours, right?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. That is five minutes of, of amazing, and the rest is all admin work. The rest is all just figuring out how that, that five minutes happens. Um, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, so we've, we've recently we've, – we've killed off the Airbnb side of our life. We no longer do that. Uh, we now full-time in the RV. Uh, we upgraded to a Class A. So that's the, the full conversion. I have now reached Technomadia levels, yeah. which I need to send them in someday and thank them. Do you, do you fangirl <laughs> over them a lot and, like, send them messages all the time? You know, I've, I'm have i more of a lurker, so <laughs> no.
0: Yeah, you are, a you are a lurker, aren't you? You 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 said you had yeah. followed me for a while on Twitter before you reached out and messaged me.
1: I, it's just how I do, you know? I'll, I'll be on their podcast someday, and I'll be like, oh, yeah. They don't have a podcast. R- roughly 10 years. You're someday, that, yeah.
0: someday. <laughs> That's funny. So, <laughs> what has so what's been interesting about moving into the van and now the RV, as far as building outdoorsy from the road? Like, has it been what you thought it would be from somebody who had kind of been looking at this lifestyle from afar? And what has that looked like for you guys? I know y'all spent y'all's last winter down in Key West, and I'm in. I'm insanely jealous that y'all were able to park on a friend's property because there's no camping, RV camping in Key West. So y'all kind of hacked that, jerks. But uh, yeah, so what, is, so what does that look like for you guys?
1: Um, it's 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 a lot of, uh, it's not quite what I thought it would be, to, to be honest with you. Um, when we first got to Class A, we really thought that we would be kind of parking in places for uh, for a month at a time. Um, one, one of the challenges that we had in the van was that, that the van had to constantly be be moving. Um, you couldn't. It, 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 it's it's not really comfortable enough to stay in in, in a place for a month in a van. Um, so you really got to be moving between Airbnbs. You're kind of living out of a backpack still, even though you have a van. Uh, and you know, I'd be working on. I'd be driving for five six hours a day, and then I would work on outdoor Z kind of at night in a Walmart parking lot at our little uh, kitchen table that we had in the van. Something I noticed also about. When you're trapped, like once you stop,
0: like the space gets so much smaller, no matter what like <laughs> I-, I noticed that when we were in our twenty nine foot class C, but in a van, I'm imagining it's the same. It's like if you're moving, it's kind of adventurous. You're on the road, you're in cool places, whatever. But then when you stop and you're there for like a day or two, you're like, holy crap, this I live in a van,
1: <laughs> yep, that's what it is. it It does not get bigger there there are no slides anyway, and uh, yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was basically, you know, I'd be up at, I, I, I tend to work late nights anyways. Um, so I knew it was time to go to bed when the Walmart street cleaner showed up at 3am and then, uh, that guy would lull me to sleep for the next hour. And that was kind of my life in the van. Um, so we wanted to do the RV because we thought we'd be able to park longer term in areas and, and, you know, set up a little temporary office kind of, and maybe get on a more human schedule. Um, but the, the problem is that the, the thing that we liked about the van is the same thing we like about the RV. We love to see new places. We love to kind of explore. Um, so I don't think we've stayed anywhere in the RV longer than two weeks. And, you know, we, we drive two hours a day and kind of stop, and then I'll work for a couple hours and, and kind of pull that off. But um, it's still a lot of working, and it's still a lot more driving than I anticipated. Um, but wouldn't trade it for anything. It is, it is awesome
0: so for the past couple of years would you say that you've been living more of the RV life or more of the startup life
1: oh probably more of the startup life if I'm honest it's the thing that's on my mind all the time it's the thing that um, it's it's the the, the thing that, that kind of keeps me going uh, the the RV life is the thing that keeps me sane in between yeah
0: it's like a built-in buffer for perspective. I think sometimes because I was talking to somebody the other day uh, when we were camping on a farm at their farm in their ho- uh, next to their house, and I was telling him, I-, I said, I think if I had stayed in Austin and was doing you know similar startup work, that I-, I would have no balance in my life. I would just work all day, all the time. And in the RV, I still work a lot, but I think that it has literally. I've just put myself in a situation where it's literally forced me to get perspective, like to go out to, uh, Gettysburg tomorrow to the park and walk around and appreciate, uh, some really amazing history. You know what I mean? Just like if, because I'm here versus if, if I think in one place, I, I don't think I would have done that. So.
1: Right. Yeah, definitely. That's true. And then also having a wife who loves to, to kind of do that stuff also helps as well. But also RVing is just inherently has problems. Um, so there's going to be force breaks along the way as well. I mean, sometimes we don't have great internet and so, well, what are you going to do? Like you can kick and scream about it, but at the end of the day, you're not going to get much work done or well, while you're driving, stuff like that. So there's kind of these force breaks that kind of pull me back into reality a little bit, uh, where when I was stationary, that, that just doesn't happen. You know, you're, you're in your, your home office and, and everything's comfortable and, and you know, once you've gotten up to get water 12 or 12 or 15 times you kind of run out of, of, of excuses and you just sit there all day <laughs> so yeah it is it is nice to have forced force kind of breaks which would, is great
0: would you say that you have like would you what are you working in like 50 60 hours a week right now
1: I I refuse to count because I don't want to cry it's a lot yeah but this is high season for us that's yeah totally thing. so that that's to be expected right now
0: it's kind of an interesting like weird balance where it, like so many of the people who I brought on this podcast, uh, you know, it's, it's about the freedom. And for me, it is about that too. It's that freedom, it's a huge value of mine and my work. Uh, you know, I I don't love working for other people. I don't like being in uh, an office all the time. But then again, it contrasts with I would also like to build a profitable company, which you know we could have an office eventually. And so those aren't things like I'm inherently against either, as far as you know having an office and things like that. But I don't know. It just seems like building a startup, you know, where you are working hard hours all the time, constantly consuming you. I know we can't enjoy our travels as much, but we're still able to go see some really cool places in between. I don't know. It's it's interesting, right? Like you're you're pouring all this time and effort into something and it seems like the RV lifestyle as it's portrayed is one of the complete opposites of that. You know, where you're out exploring, you're having fun, all, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, but I also think that a lot of that is is that I think that people are really great at at talking about the good parts of something. And I think that we're all just awful about talking about the problems. And uh, I think that has to do with RVing. I think it has to do with startups in general. I think that, that there's kind of this attitude that, that it's adventurous and that it's romantic and that it's, that there's all these awesome things going on. Um, And we don't spend enough time talking about the fact that, you know, you're going to break down in your RV, like you're going to uh, we we have some, some plumbing issues right now with with the wrong tank. I wish it was I wish it was the gray tank, but it's not the gray tank. And and my life's you know a little crappy right now, literally. So uh, it, there's there's reality and there's admin and there's there's things that go along with the the glamour side of it. And it's the same on the the, the startups. You know the, the infamous lifestyle business is is amazing. And I do I, I do know that some people achieve that. And and perhaps someday I will. Um, but I don't have a problem being candid about the fact that I have not yet achieved that. I, I very much work on Outdoor Z. I, I very much um, am, am engaged with our users and, and passionate about solving problems. But that also means that, that you know, when I'm in an area, I may not to, to do as much RV exploring as I would otherwise like to. And it's, it's the trade-off that I'm willing to make right now. Um, but I think it's important that we all kind of be honest about that and and not just talk about the romantic sides of of starting a business and living in an RV and things of that sort. Totally.
0: Absolutely. I agree. Yeah, I was just listening. I wasn't even thinking of like a next question to ask. So I'm going to have to figure something out real quick. <laughs> Do you have any questions? No, I'm excited. Uh,
1: <laughs> what is a good question I could ask right now? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I, I was going to ask, like, do you guys at least have a, a goal of how many places you'd like to go see when y'all are in an area? Because, for instance, Alyssa and I have been doing more one-week stays in places. And so, mm-hmm. for instance, last week we were in Williamsburg, Virginia, and uh, we were shooting a video for a campground. And so – like we would kind of go out when there was activities happening or we had a B-roll of shots that we needed to get for that park so we kind of go knock them out and the rest of the days we, the rest of the part of the day we were working and then a couple then two days we would go out and uh, like go do something fun because we need to include it in the video. But also we would take the opportunity and do like a day where we vlogged because Alyssa's been publishing YouTube content. So like I've kind yeah. of it sounds so stupid and I know it sounds ridiculous and I kind of embrace it, but it works in my own mind, which is that I've kind of ration like I had trouble rationalizing going out and doing things because I'm like oh, I could get a little bit ahead. So vlogging has been a way for me to create for us to create cool experiences and for my mind to still think i'm somehow at least moving forward in a little bit of my work and it kind of creates a cool built-in experience for us if that makes sense so I, i'm just wondering like, yeah, what, definitely. Is that, what is that for you guys as y'all are in these places are y'all trying to go out at least one day while you're there uh what does
1: that look like so i do think that i mean first of all i don't, I don't consider that stupid at all i think that's an awesome kind of life hack that you can do to to Create something that you enjoy doing, and turn it into something that actually helps your business, uh, even if just a little bit makes it that much easier to do. So I think that's that's awesome. Um, for us, it's it's been that we um, we've we decided uh, a couple years ago that both of our ho- both of our hobbies, my 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 wife and I, uh, kind of led themselves to spending a lot of time in front of our computers and working. You know, I I enjoy what I do. Uh, I love kind of the, the, the puzzle solving of it, and I love having side projects, and I love doing all this kind of stuff. And so unfortunately, that means that my hobby uh, kind of pulls me back towards work, uh, which isn't great for, for balance. So one of the things that we kind of consciously did was we decided that we were going to pick more, some more hobbies that we could do outside of the RV that that were possible in all areas. Um, and and kind of encouraged us to get out and for us we, we we kind of bounced around quite a bit and we settled on on paddle boarding and, and for her she also is, is is really big into yoga um i'm as flexible as a as a plywood board <laughs> so that that is for me um so we we have the the little inflatable paddle boards and and uh, we 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 keep them in the car, even when it's being towed behind us, and everywhere we go, it's kind of the the first thing that we do is pick some places that we want to paddle board, and then just making sure that it happens. And so we don't do a lot of kind of like touristy areas in the, in the area, uh, but we do make sure that we get out and and at least hit a lake or a river uh, a couple times on a, in in a stop. And that's been that's been a huge change for us. Uh, it, it's something that we're 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 really working hard to keep as being a part of our life. But it's also conscious, you know, and it's kind of like 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 you did where you you have this kind of concern. And so you you manufacture a way to make it fit into your life and improve it. And I think that's that's absolutely how these things need to be addressed. You know, if you're if you need to be away from your computer more often, then you kind of need to hack and manufacture reasons to do mm-hmm. so. And for us, it's inflatable paddle boards. I love that. Do, those some
0: of those inflatable paddle boards like you can't even tell that they're inflatable once they are blown up. I've seen some people on those and they're they're sturdy as all get out. Because I was wondering about that. I was like standing on something that inflates, but they're legit.
1: Yeah, uh, they're actually quite amazing. I will say that they're really sturdy as long as you get them blown up as much as need to be. Uh, the trick there is that they are annoying as anything to blow up to the level that they need to be and so the first couple trips ours were like half blown up and we're like that's nah, fine we'll be fine uh we weren't it, it, you, you can't do that you do have to blow them up um so uh we purchased ourselves a, a little inflatable pump which uh similar to to upgrading from the van to the class a rv has done wonders for our marriage because we no longer have to Curse and swear at each other as we're (laughs) pumping up inflatable paddle boards for 30 minutes. Um, So that that is definitely part of that adventure. Paddle board and pump. I love it. Not without.
0: What brand are those in case people want to go check them out?
1: Uh, we ended up with the Verano, which is quite a bit cheaper and awesome. Uh, some of those things get pretty pricey, but we did not do that.
0: Awesome we'll link up to that in the show notes. One thing I've, I've realized that anytime we decide to like go out for a hike like last night we finished up work it's probably around seven, six or seven and Alyssa said, you know we're literally next door to the Gettysburg National Historic Park. And the site and all the battlefields she's like why don't we just go for a walk and so we went out and it was this amazing golden hour sunset and we went out and and we went to see some of the memorials and walked around the ground some and it's like oh wow i'm so glad that we went out and did this it's so i, I realize i never regret going to do any of these experiences i've never taken my kayak out and was like man that sucks uh you know it's right. like i always enjoy it but it just takes some initial traction or push to
1: just get going to to go do that you know Right, and that's where having that person that's uh, that's good at traction and pushing <laughs> exactly. uh, is an amazing, amazing blessing to have in a life. So. Yeah,
0: Melissa and Alyssa, thank you, ladies, even though I go. know that at least Alyssa <laughs> will not listen to this. and uh, Anyway, she tells me she listens to me enough. I have one more question for you, actually two more questions. <laughs> one, going back to startups, what is one piece of advice that you would give people who are looking to get something started and maybe they're struggling or they haven't hit product market fit yet, just in those early days where I would say probably 97% of people who are starting companies are, where you've been many times before, uh, what would be one thing that you've learned that can be helpful for people who are going through that stage?
1: Definitely. Uh, so for me, it's going to depend a bit on the stage. If you're just getting started and you don't really have a set idea and you haven't really shipped that first uh Working version of it, at least to some degree. Then for us, it was all about sustainability. It was all about first getting stuff aligned in our lives with debt and with with income and with with all of these things. And I know it's a it's an awful answer and it it sucks to hear, but that's uh, for my personality type. Uh, that's what really made this possible for us. Um, so it's just a reality of of, of me basically. Uh, you do have those those first couple users and they're there and and they've at least minimally engaged then it's talking to them it's actually engaging with those users more deeply why are they using it why aren't they using it Um, what are what are the the kind of challenges that they're hitting and also talking about the rest of their businesses talking about the rest of their lives Uh, because there's going to be overlaps there as well and and all of this stuff is going to come from the actual users themselves at least for me it always has Um, so it's about bouncing around as much as you can to find a couple of those users, which are not easy to find, so don't let anybody tell you that they are. Uh, but once you do find some of them, then it's it's working with them, talking to them, and, and keeping them happy.
0: I love it. Uh, what does success look like for you in this lifestyle as you're building outdoorsy and driving around with Melissa and y'all's RV? Uh,
1: su- success for me is actually very specific in that uh, I've always... I've always imagined Melissa being a, a little old lady who travels with a, a little old lady travel company and I'm not typically around in that picture any longer who knows maybe I will be uh, but everything that we do is about making sure that whatever situation ends up happening uh, Melissa gets to be a little old lady traveling around with the little old lady travel companies so that's <laughs> that's the plan man
0: so, so that so that Melissa is well off when you're gone right
1: uh I, I may or may it. not be there. Like, I might not. just be chilling on the couch back home. <laughs> I, you know, I I'm, not, this I'm was... not writing myself <laughs> out of the picture. Like, I, I can still be around. Yeah,
0: no, I love it. Know? That's such a very specific <laughs> answer that I hadn't heard yet. I like it. Uh, awesome. Well, where can people learn more about you and connect with you and uh, Outdoorsy? Uh,
1: so the best thing is going to be to check out my, my company, which is Outdoorsy. It's Outdoorsy.co, not .com, .co. And uh, check it out. And if you want to reach out to me, I am Ryan at OutdoorZ.co. And I'm always happy to talk to people. I'm also uh, Mazondo, M-A-Z-O-N-D-O on Twitter. And if you'd like, you can become the second person that talks to me on Twitter chat as opposed to just Heath. Awesome. Yeah, still away, Ryan. No, I'm kidding. Anyway,
0: thanks for being on the podcast (laughs) with me, man. I appreciate it.
1: Thanks so much. It's been great.
0: Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to grab the show notes from this episode, head on over to our website at heathandalissa.com and go to podcast. Thanks again to WeBoost for sponsoring this episode of the show. If you want the 10% coupon, just hit me up through email heathcampgroundbooking.com and I will make sure that you get one of those. This past week, we were hanging out at some friend's property in Pennsylvania. And my buddy told me that he had been listening to the podcast, and at the end of every episode, he felt really guilty because I asked you guys to leave a review, and he hadn't done that. So Jordan from The Dapper Drive, I'm calling you out, buddy. If you're listening to this episode, go and leave a review in iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're listening to this. It takes two seconds, and it really does make a big difference. I'm not just blowing smoke. That's how people... They, they get in iTunes and they see how many reviews the show has, and sometimes iTunes will rank it higher the more reviews it has so more people can listen to it. And it does make a big difference. So, Jordan, go leave a review, man. I love you, bud. And uh, I'll see the rest of you guys next time on the RV Entrepreneur Podcast.